Wild Loner, a sentimentally comedic podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wild Loner. I am Jenna McGilvery, your host, and today we're going to mix things up a little bit because I am here with my best friend of all time. Her name is Kara. Say hello, Kara. Hi there. (laughs) (laughs) I have not forced her against her will to be on this with me, but um, I've... I've convinced her slowly to be on it Um, because I think that we have a very important conversation to be had and the central theme of this podcast is about two best friends and how their lives began together and went in different ways and we want to have a conversation about what that means to us and what that might mean to the listeners who lead different lives as well. And those different lives uh, essentially go around the fact that Kara is married with two beautiful children and I am barren and I have no one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true, but uh, anyway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um so Kara and I were sitting here we're at my house right now we were having a little bit of a conversation about how we first met and we met when we were 12 yeah we met when we were 12 it was a it was a early June oh a June day was it yeah because summertime because it was graduation oh right right right. sorry I remember that (laughs) Maybe you don't. (laughs) No, that's true. It was summertime. And uh, that's right. Kara and I met. We, like, honestly, my memory is, and I don't know if this is your memory as well, Mm -hmm. we legitimately met, like, on the tennis court on the street. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's where the kids hung out. And uh, we met, and we were talking about how friendships developed when you're 12 and how. It was so much easier than it is now. And how we became friends was I went up to Kara and I knew that I wanted to be friends with her. And so the way that I um, initiated that friendship was I said, hey, Kara, do you want to come over and look at my graduation dress? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we went over to your house. We did. And... You know what? It was, like, kind of awkward, but not really, I think. I think it was kind of funny because you were still you, and you, like, ran up to your room um, (laughs) and, like, whipped open the bag and was, like, you just talk really fast like you still do. Mm -hmm. You're like, guys, look at this. Look at my dress. It's like this. And there was, like, silk. Was it silk and white? Like, white. Silk and white. And it had, like, flowers all over it. Yeah, flowers. (laughs) It was actually fairly hideous. It was, like, it was, like, what a, it was, like, a baptismal dress for an I think adult. I have a, a picture of it. Actually. You do have a picture. Oh my god! Okay, if there is a picture, we're gonna put it on the podcast yeah. um, Instagram. Just by the way, so you can see it. Um, and at the time too, I was talking to Kara, and 
Lots of people comment about my eyebrows and how large they are. Mm -hmm. And I would just like to note with my best friend here who can testify to this, that back then they were even bigger and I look like Eugene Levy. Yeah, her eyebrows were ginormous back in the day. They were. And what I did was actually one day on the schoolyard, this kid ran up to me. Kara, I don't even know if you know, know this. So this kid ran up to me on the schoolyard and he he ran up and he said... Yep, it's confirmed. Jenna's a vampire or werewolf because he looked at my eyebrows and he saw that I had hair growing in between my eyebrows. Oh, like a unibrow? Yeah, I had a unibrow. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> and uh, so he called me a werewolf and I immediately was like, oh my God, I'm a freaking werewolf. And so what I did was I went home and I bought Nair and I Nair'd my eyebrows. Like off? Yeah, I put it in the center, and it slowly spread Oof. to halfway through. And then I used uh, a black um, eyeliner and filled them in with that. And no one ever told me how hideous I looked until, you know, years later when we look back at pictures. And you're yeah, like, I didn't know. Because Den and I didn't go to the same school, elementary school, so I wouldn't have been there when that happened. Unless that happened in high school. Uh well, it was just pre-high school, but it was, like, for me, very embarrassing. Oh, my goodness, yeah. But, you know, we all made those fashion faux pas, and, uh, you know, at the time, too, I wasn't very well-liked by boys. I was very gawky and hideous. You were long and lanky, that would say yeah. that. You are very long and lanky at the time. I, I weighed about 70 pounds wet, and uh, I was very awkward. Um, I don't know if I already said this, but... People nicknamed me Tight Ass McGilvery. I think I did say that on a previous podcast, but it should be reiterated because, uh, yeah, I, w- I guess I, w- I was uh, not attractive and no boy wanted to make out with me. And even if they did, they knew I wouldn't put out because I was too shy and I was a werewolf and werewolves don't put out. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Anywho... <laughs> Does anyone know if werewolves uh, have sex? Because I don't know if they do. <laughs> I think if anyone would know, it'd be you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so then through our awkward elementary school years and high school years, we continued to remain friends. And when I was 19, I moved to a city called Toronto, Ontario from Sault Ste. Marie and Kara remained here, and tell me a little bit about, like, because I know I was back and forth quite a bit, and what was that like? Well, I feel like when you did leave, it might have been, it was a good thing for both of us, because we were at that age of, like... Because <laughs> I was a werewolf, and you didn't want to yeah, I was scared of my life. <laughs> um, I think it's because we were, you know, weren't sure where both of our directions were going, because we were focused on, like... Um, you know, socializing and going to the bar a lot more than yeah. focusing on what we're going to do with our life. So um, I feel like separating and just a, you know, you leaving, not like our friendship, was a good thing for both of us. It was sad because like we didn't have our continuous every weekend fun and hanging out all the time and movies and stuff. But um, I think it made us both grow and figure out what we both wanted to do. And I feel like when you left, you got that bug. But just to be fair, I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, 
But yeah, no, it, it definitely led to, I know for me, um, like I said, so I was 19 when I left, but I came back on and off. And in a previous podcast, I talked about when I got married and I did get married when I was 21 and I came back when I was 21. And I wasn't married. No, no, you were not married, but my marriage was a sham. So, <laughs> <laughs> but when I I did come back, actually, this is quite a funny story. So when I came back and I brought this husband, which was like unheard of because mm-hmm. we were 21 and we my were... dad loved him too, by the way. Remember really? That? Yeah, he loved him. Sorry, I, I don't know why I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Peter, if you happen to be listening, you are a very lovely yeah, human being. Yeah, he was being. a really nice guy. He was a very yeah, was nice, nice person. But I was definitely not um, ready to be married. I still don't think I am. And so it was a terrible experience for me because I was like, um, he was like drinking martinis and doing crossword puzzles. And I was like, party! He was significantly older than us. Yeah, he was significantly older than me. Um, Like, not like he was like 70 or anything, but (laughs) he was like eight years older than me. Yeah, which at that time is a lot. Yes, it was. And uh, so one particular time I had a party at my house and... I was there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is why I'm telling the story. (laughs) So you were at the party and... Peter, the husband I had, the sham, the the, the sham marriage <laughs> husband, was there. And uh, we came back from the bar, and he was in bed sleeping. And we were all in the kitchen, and we were like, woo! Having a great time, because that's what we did, because we were 21 years old. And Is this when you sent me down there? It, yeah, I think so. No, 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 no. No, what happened was, so he, all of a sudden, we are like... You sent me down? No, he was upstairs. He was in the bedroom upstairs. I thought he was in the basement. No, no, not at this point. That was near the end. Oh, okay. At the end, he was in the basement, because that's where he had to be to um, prepare sick. for his departure <laughs> from my life. <laughs> anyway, he was upstairs, and I could hear this sound that was like this, like... I don't know if you can hear that, but he was like, yeah, he was punching the, or he was kicking the floor. Oh, yes. yes. And then I was like, what is that, Kara? And she goes like, I don't know. And then we, I go upstairs to see and he, and he goes, get everyone out of here. I'm trying to sleep. And then I was like, who are you, my dad? And I went downstairs and talked to you and I and I remember so specifically, I said to you, I was like, I think I've made a terrible mistake. And you said, yeah. <laughs> and we both laughed hysterically. And I was like, I guess I'm going to have to get a divorce. And then we continued drinking. I it ended very quickly after that part. Oh, it did. Yeah, that, that was the beginning of the end. But I remember you did send me to talk to him, be like, make sure he was okay. Oh, yes, right? I do remember, remember that. Because, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you did break up with him, and I feel like you had another party after the breakup. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was in the basement. And okay, yes, I do remember that. And then we just both kind of felt bad about it. Yeah. He was included, but yeah. he was, like, ready for his departure, right? Well, and at the time, again, like, you know, given that I was 21 and I was really not prepared for a marriage, I just didn't want that whatsoever so i did everything i could to destroy that yeah you were sabotage mode yeah and um coincidentally 
that has continued on through the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a saboteur. You just like walk through a room with your arms and windmills. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Flowing through them. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I have been called a man eater. I've been called um, an asshole. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, but you know what? In all, in all fairness, I know it may sound like I was, I'm a dick, but um, I just, I don't know if it's that I fear relationships or commitment or being tied down, but this relates to um, the direction that I took, which was that I really wanted to travel. So when I was 24, I left Canada and I moved to Ireland. And so that was probably the biggest departure from you and I yeah, because I was gone, gone. Yeah. And um, when did you get... Okay, so Kara's husband's name's Mike. And I love Mike. He is a wonderful human being. He is quirky and uh, just a very decent human being. And he is actually a polar opposite kind of to Kara in some oh, ways. yes, we are very <laughs> So Kara's very extroverted. He's introverted. Um, but... Honestly and truly, the way that they complement each other is something that I have always looked up to. And I'm almost getting teary just thinking about it. And I'm all, oh, I am getting teary, Kara. I can't even look at you right now. I'm going to get teary. But um, it, like I would actually say, and, and I know that the listeners would probably agree, especially the pessimists. And I think a lot of pessimists probably listen to me because I'm a pessimist myself. But I would say that many marriages that I have encountered have not seemed to me to be very happy. And I don't know if that's because I come from a family of divorce or not, but um, I would say there's two marriages that I know of that have stood the test of time and that I have really looked up to. And one of them is Karen and Mike's and the other one is my mom and my stepdad, Jack's. And, and I, and I, I don't know what I attest that to other than the fact that what I would say about Kara and Mike is that the two of them, and this is only my impression from the outside, is that the two of you let each other be who you are. And I think that that is, I don't know, what I've learned is a really important component of a healthy relationship. Because when you try to limit somebody or make them into something that they're not or change them that's when shit hits the fan am i right i know i'm not a yeah, no, person no but. you're right you're right it's just like even though i'm you know married and have children um and but you you know you can you can what's that saying you can take the girl out of the party but you can't take the party out of the girl right, right. like i still have that spice in me oh and, yeah and Mike knows that yeah so he knows that i sometimes i just have to go and be with my friends yeah. and he's totally accepting and totally understands that. And Mike's a musician, so he does his band thing. And so we just kind of balance each other with what we... Because you let him do that. Yeah. I think it's funny that I'm like, and you let him he's do that. He's allowed off the <laughs> chain only on Tuesday night seven. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, he gets nothing else whatsoever, yeah. but he is allowed to practice with Ben on Tuesdays. No, but I think that, again, like, obviously there's limitations, and obviously, you know, you have to have these conversations. Yeah, we have a what's full healthy, respect and trust with each other that we would... Yes. But you do, you don't limit yourselves, and no. I think that's the best thing, and you just let each other be who you are, and I, and I have always looked up to that, and I really respect you two for... Um, demonstrating to me what a marriage could be, um, which I have never been capable of achieving myself. And I don't know if you want to touch on any of my relationships that you've... <laughs> I, <laughs> I do feel that you have that, though, because, like, I've seen you, like, with... I don't know if you've touched on this person in your podcast. Who? What person? Who? Matt? Ben. Oh, Ben. Um, okay, so... <laughs> By the way, Kara was just mouthing, and I was like, which one? Matt? No, not him, no. Ben? Oh, okay, Ben. Yeah, okay, so Ben was... Okay, I'm going to touch on that quickly, um, because I did... I briefly kind of brought this up. I feel like that could have been, right? If it went in the direction that you were... That's where your direction was going with that one. Right. Okay, so, yeah. That was taken from you, Yes. So So I would say... Yeah, I think I touched on this briefly, and and I will briefly discuss this, because... This would be how I would explain. And I think um, I've, I've put a lot of thought into just generally because I date a lot. I've put thought into people in their 30s and that most people in their 30s have had some kind of, um, you know, maybe tumultuous breakup or um, uh, something that's that's um, shaken their trust in a person or, you know, anything like that that's made them maybe leery of new relationships. And I know this one for me, like, shook me to my core where it, you know, really made me feel completely blindsided and like I could never trust anyone again. So, Ben, um, I hope you're listening, you motherfucker. (laughs) No, just kidding. But um, I do. I do hope you're listening and I do hope you feel very shameful for what you've done. (laughs) That giant J on your arm. (laughs) Um, He does have a tattoo of a giant J on his arm. Anyway, but Ben, um, Ben was a person who I met when I was overseas working and he was Australian and uh, as y'all know I'm Canadian and uh, we um, got together very quickly and we started working together on yachts actually so we worked on three yachts together and it was very easy Um, Ben and I got along like it was like there was it was there was a few things that came up every now and again, but that's normal in any relationship. Yeah, yeah. but overall, it was like uh, we didn't have major issues. We had a great sex life. We had uh, pretty good communication. Um, you he, had like a common like what you guys want to do, a common goal of where you guys. Yeah, to go we had things. a common goal. Um, we, we had a lot of shared interests, um, but I think one of the issues was that. Uh, eventually what happened was uh i moved to australia to be with him and there and we had discussed that in the beginning where would we live and ben was a surfer and he wanted to live in australia because he wanted to surf and i love the ocean and i love australia so i was all game for that but as soon as we got there things started to deteriorate and soon after and i won't really go into this into so much detail I already have. <laughs> What's stopping me now? But um, he uh, ended up 
cheating on me and I ended up finding out about it and him and his family um, I found out were like quite corrupt people and in terms of um, their values were very different than mine and they uh, really worked together to um, get me out of the country I was in university at the time and so for me and this is only my perspective. I know that he would have an entirely different perspective. Um, maybe that I was a bitch or who knows what. But um, it, for me, it it really made me feel like I can't trust anyone. Everyone is a terrible human being. Not everyone, but men um, that I date. And uh, it, 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 I've never been so distraught in my life as that time. And I remember calling you on the phone and talking to you about it. And, um, what happened was too, that once he found out that I knew that he had cheated, he took off out of the city that we were living in. And I was very isolated. I didn't know anyone in Australia, um, other than his friends and family. And, uh, I was going to university with like 17 year olds. So I wasn't really friends with anyone. And uh, it was a, a very dark period in my life because I didn't know um, I didn't I didn't have anyone. And uh, my mom being the most wonderful mother I could ever imagine having once um, she knew the severity of the situation, said that she would be on the next mm-hmm. flight out there. And she flew to Australia and uh, supported me through the transition. And the transition was that. I had literally no access to any money. My mom had to pay for my flight home. It was very demoralizing um, to be an adult and be in a situation where I felt like, you know, we were engaged to be married. Um, everything was moving forward. We we owned a house together. And uh, it was demoralizing to literally lose everything and not have access to any money and have my mother have to pay for me to return to Canada and to come back empty handed. And it's almost as if when he was caught, he he basically tried to, like, sabotage everything that you guys had built. Yeah, Like he had no access to money like wouldn't let you take anything like is this everything that you guys had yeah he tried to take away from something that he took from you and it was like, very strange because if you knew him as a person and i know you knew him as a person yeah. everyone that knew him was completely shocked because it was like we were in love yeah it was you wouldn't have known y- you would not have known it was very it was just it was a complete shocker um and i'm not I'm not telling this story to feel sorry for myself, but I feel really sorry for myself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm telling this story because... Because I was going at where I was going with saying oh, that... Yes. Yeah, we'll go okay, back yes, to Okay, yes, yes, yes. Go back to that. We'll go, go back to that. I'm here, so... <laughs> Let me just take a sip of wine here, Kara. Continue on. What were you saying? <laughs> I was saying, I feel like you do have that. I just feel like oh, yeah. when Ben took that... I didn't want to say his name because I've never been on a podcast, so I don't know what you're supposed to say or not. Um... Well, but, fuck him. Um, <laughs> Put him on blast. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry, Kara. I haven't drank enough wine. Um, I just feel like that was something that I think that took a part of you, mm. um, and that moved into your um, relationships into the future. I feel like that yeah. still kind of is something that comes up, and it's not. No, you know, everyone's not Ben, but I feel like just in the back of your mind there's always that those trust, trust issues, issues where yeah. and it's not because 
the guys you're dating aren't trustworthy. It's because you were hurt really bad. And I feel like at the time you didn't grieve that the loss that you had, yeah. you kind of tried to bounce back as the, your personality is. Right. So you were just like, okay, like, yeah, like I got to go back to school. So you came like back home, mm-hmm. right back to school, right back into a new relationship. Like just, and I don't think you ever gave yourself time to figure what out, what just fucking happened to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and then part of that too was that, Ben continued to yes to lured you in. It was like he was fishing constantly. Yeah, it was really fucked up. So he like it was like he still did have feelings, but he couldn't grapple with what he had done. I don't know. So I I still never know to this day whether or not he you know is a terrible person or not. I really don't know. It's like I I never really knew him. But he did end up flying to Vancouver, where I was in university there, and trying to make amends and all this blah 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 stuff that doesn't really matter. But anyway, the point is that. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, ah, it, it sucks in life when, you know, when you look at people and you think, you know, and I, and I've encountered so many men like this too, who have had something bad happen, like a wife cheat on them or, um, you know, anything that's, that shakes their, their trust in people. And that I, I don't know, like, we're so vulnerable as humans that I don't know how easy it is to get over something like that. And and I hate the fact that, you know, that person still has that over me in some way. And, I, and I've done counseling and I've tried many times. But also there is another factor that sometimes I question whether or not I even really want to be in a relationship. And... And it might not have anything to do with him because another thing that happened was when he proposed to me, he gave me this beautiful ring and I didn't wear it. And that was symbolic. It was weird. It was like, sorry, I'm just hiccuping. It's because I'm drunk. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But uh, yeah, so I don't really know. But so Karen and I have had these conversations for quite a few years about, um, so her life and my life and the and the two different trajectories that those lives have taken and that um Kara is a wonderful friend because um I am I would say a fault of mine is I'm a little bit self-pitying at times and I cry a lot about my circumstances because I get lonely very often but I also hate people And I mean that in terms of relationships. So it's like I get really lonely and I'm like, God. I feel like that's not even about relationships. Like it's not about your close friends or whatnot. But I feel like you do get that way. (laughs) You have a problem with like personal space. Yes. And I don't mean like being too close because you're always too close. Yeah. (laughs) Right now I'm basically on top of Kara and she's always like, get out of my personal space. We used to walk, we'd walk somewhere and she'd walk on a fucking angle and i'd always be like can you not walk in your own lane and i was like i just want to be close to you and i'm significantly shorter than her so she'd always have her arm on me as we're walking yeah that is true but it's because i love you so much and so you know what there's certain people that i don't have an issue showing love towards but then there's certain people i really struggle with yeah i know and i also just like my space and so I feel like it's not necessarily it's men. I feel like yeah. you just I think you're coming to terms with that like, you know, now but like you're thinking 
it's not really men in, that you have a problem with. Some of them you do, like, you know, not everyone's perfect for everyone, but you do like to be, you like to be alone when you want to be alone. Yes. I like to have access to people when I want access to people and to be alone when I want to be alone. So, ideally, I feel like you're, the best scenario for a relationship for you now would be for someone to have their own home, what their own, um, like, you know, hobbies and activities, but then the two of you blend together with, yeah, a date night here or there. Yeah. And but not having the relationship consume your lives because yeah. you're independent and, you know. Yeah. And then maybe eventually that becomes more. Comfortable. Yeah. But, st- but not to it can't be forced. No, I think it needs to like slowly. I feel like I think a lot of the times, too, is that it's just exciting at the beginning. So it's just it like is. a lot of hanging out is fun. But I feel like that's also for you, a person who likes the space. Yeah. It's always best. It can to be just, overwhelming. Yeah. And then I, okay, I have a brief story about today. And I and I really don't want to, like, focus too much on myself. And I know that I'm really doing that right now. But today, and I didn't tell you this, or maybe I did, but I... um I have a shower downstairs. So I own my own home and I have been struggling a little bit at times. I'll kind of throw these little fits like, fuck, I have to do everything myself. And it's so hard. And it's like all these little things that sometimes I depend on a guy to do that I get frustrated that I have to do by myself or I have to pay somebody to do it. And today I um, noticed that my shower was it needed to be recocked. And uh, it sounded dirty, but it wasn't. Um, so I ripped out all the caulking and I bleached everything and I did it. And I can't even tell you how good that made me feel. I was like, fuck yes, I did this myself. And I know that's like a small feat, but it really made me feel good. And I was like, I want to be able to be doing things like this. And I always wanted to be able to be independent like that and do those things. And and I am, obviously, but it just, it did make me feel very good. There was a point to that story Anyway, okay, there's a point to there. Maybe there's no point. It just made me feel good. But I wanted to go back to the fact that um, I think the whole central idea of Kara and I having these conversations is about. So my life went that way, and her life went to a husband and ch- and two beautiful children, and that there's been many a times that I have said to Kara how envious and that's probably an unhealthy thing to feel but I'm envious of her life because I look at her life and I think god you've got these great kids you have a lovely husband you seem to have a great marriage and you do and you have a lovely family and your family is very close and you get to do fun things with your family Mm -hmm. and you know I envy that and I know that Kara then will sometimes respond to me. Yeah, because like when you when you do, do talk about that, when you do sometimes get down on yeah. that kind of stuff, when you're not sure what you're doing, I always let her know like like from the outside, like the grass isn't always greener. I love my children. Right. I love my life. I love yeah. my family. There's nothing. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's that I look at her and she's traveling. She's on a beach tanning. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just, I, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that, yeah. right? And I always want you to look at that and be like, okay, there are so, they're so different our lives. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm in the position where, yeah, I have what you think that you want. Right, right, right. And I, and I, what I do have, I do want, but I look at you and I'm like, oh, it'd be just so fun if I could just go somewhere, mm-hmm. but I can't go anywhere. Like mm-hmm. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I would, I would love to travel the world. I feel like I've been to like resorts that's where all i've ever done is like all-inclusive resorts all-inclusive 
resorts are pretty. No, I know. <laughs> in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's my favorite. I love Mexico. You just pee in the pool and you never have to leave. Yes, for sure. Okay. <laughs> it's our honeymoon. We went to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> and you peed in the pool, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the, the pool bar. <laughs> and I think everyone else pees in that pool, too. But, um, I yeah, and I think the point is, is that, you know, I, I like I'm reaching out to you as an audience, whoever is listening, and asking, you know, the grass is always greener sometimes. And what makes what makes us happy as individuals? And, you know, I think sometimes what doesn't make us happy is this constant quest for what's going to make us happy. Mm-hmm. And the one of the best things I ever heard was, Jenna, where do you feel happiest like day to day? Not when you think about like, this is where I want to be or I was way happier last year, but where do you feel happiest day to day? And sometimes I catch myself and I've been at home for a little while because of COVID and I'm and I get stressed about being here. But then I look at it and I think, fuck, I've actually been like pretty content for a week. Like I was really happy today. I was happy cocking my shower <laughs> I'd be happy cocking something else, but <laughs> just, just Josh. Mom, don't be listening. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, Karen made me say that. Kara's <laughs> bad influence. Um, but no, but it is like, don't you think? Like it is like, and and I don't know. Like I, I feel like ultimately at the end of the day is like you have to be what makes you internally happy, not your surroundings. It's like what like and being grateful and thankful for what you do have. Like what I feel like in these days and like these times of technology and like everything that's out there, I feel like people take a lot of small things for granted, mm-hmm. and they don't realize what they do have and what. Because you're not thinking about it. You're always thinking about the what, next thing what, or, next what, thing you or what you get. don't have or what someone has. Like, so, like, for example, for me, like, I look at you and I'm like, like, you know, she's, like, going to be going to Florida or whatever. And it's like, I should be grateful. Like, I get to go to, I get to go to Lake Superior. I, go to, I get to go to my But that right? is friggin' beautiful. And I'm so jealous every time, right? Yeah, but you get yeah. to experience it. Right? Yes, so that's yes, the thing. Yes. You get very to true. go out there. That so is very true. It should be something that you shouldn't be looking at as you're jealous that I have it. It's just like, you know what? I get to share that with her. It's like more of a changing mindset. For sure. Right. Changing, changing the, uh, the way you think about things rather than. Uh, And I do get that. And I, and I, you know, I am a person who's prone to depressive thoughts and negative thoughts and pessimism. But, um, but I, but I think, you know, this is the point of this conversation too. And I know a lot of people are in that same situation where they're like, fuck, I have this job and this job kind of sucks. And, and for me, I get very fearful when I think about having a regular job and like, is this, is this, sorry, I just, I get, I'm like, is this my life? Like, is this going to be my life where I just work and I come home and I just eat dinner and then I go to bed and I just do the same thing tomorrow. But what are you doing in between? That's what you have to stop thinking yes. about. No, 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 I right? know. Like, yeah. But it is like, it, it is that. And it's like, you know, I, I, I hope that everyone's happier, but it's like, so how do we get there? And I think that is it. And it's like having those little moments, right? Like say like, um, or or walking away from things that you know are truly making you unhappy. Mm-hmm. Like I've been in relationships where, you know, for example, I've had a partner touch my arm and I'm like, oh, like the thought of him touching my arm makes me want to throw up. 
And I don't waste any time in that. I'm like, he's out. That's done. And you know that. But also... Yeah, like, I didn't even catch his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, he's gone? Um, what was his name again? <laughs> I don't even know. He just touched me and I'm repulsed. But it is like... It's those moments where the things that do make you feel good to really be like, that makes me feel good. And I want to, and I want to hold on to those things. Yeah. And, and not forget that. Right. And it's like, you know, not let that be lost on anyone. And, uh, it's all easier said than done. And, uh, you know, millions of people pay a therapist $200 an hour to figure out how the fuck to be happy. And maybe it is a lot more simple than we think. It's um, getting pissed drunk. Just kidding. <laughs> it's awesome. It's self-talk. You're talking yourself out of things like all the yeah. time, right? You yeah. Gotta, you gotta you gotta change the narrative and how you think about things and yeah. um, how you talk to yourself. Really. That and that's cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I put an elastic on my wrist and I snap it when I have the <laughs> negative thoughts. <laughs> And then I eat apple pie and everything's better. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. But the point is, I just do think it is, um, you know, it's not this quest for happiness. It's not about me looking at you and thinking, fuck, Kara has what I want. Kara has, yeah, what I what I might want. But I can't, I can't have that. I or I, or I might be able to, but it's not my life. And maybe Kara looks at my life and thinks, fuck, Jenna has what I want. And sorry, Kara, this is my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want your life. You seem very lonely and depressed. You eat apple pie and drink bottles of wine. Snap day. those wristbands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have big ass eyebrows. You look like Eugene Levy's illegitimate child. But anyway, um, yeah, I just think we're. <laughs> your brother dan yeah dan just to let you know dan you are my brother um but uh i yeah i guess we're we're gonna tie this up and uh i want to thank kara for being here with me because i sincerely appreciate all of our conversations and kara and i have been through more than we could even share on this podcast or would want to because our moms would not approve <laughs> and people would cry because some of it's been tragic, but we have been through a lot. And, uh, I would say one thing is too, is something that I very much value. And maybe it's because I don't have a husband or kids are my friendships. And I hope you know how much I love you as a friend and appreciate you chatting with me today. And, uh, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And this was quite fun. And, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, um, uh, we'll just have some peach tea after this and just talk about the future. Toodaloo. <laughs> Toodaloo. Thank you for listening, everyone. And, uh, we hope that, uh, I don't know, you have some peach tea and some apple cobbler and, uh, stay safe. Stay safe. <laughs> everyone, just hold on to the people that you love and, okay, I'm ramble jambling. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>